Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is made for my Facebook virtual coaching group started in August of 2020 with 300 members signing up and 26 states and two international. It's been an awesome group. I love being a part of their journey. So let's get started with today. Uh, it is, what did I say, November the 7th of 2023. This is Q&A number 169. Uh, welcome new members, Lydia in Florida, and rejoin Angela in Florida. Um, as I go ahead and get started, we have a few questions for Q&A today. Uh, the topic is going to be about um, getting ready to do the first challenge for 2024. Um, and how important that is for your goal setting. We're going to be doing that for December. But as I woke up this morning, it was 49 degrees in Florida, and the house is cold. The heater set at 66, and it's kicked on um, at about 6 o'clock this morning. So it wasn't cold all night, just the last couple hours. And uh, I'm having my pumpkin uh, spice coffee this morning, so it feels like fall, and I love fall. But I definitely added an extra blanket to the bed already because we've had a couple nights in the 40s and I try not to turn the heater on too much. But anyways, um, I'm excited for the cooler weather, but it did. we had daylight savings change. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well as part of the topic today. What we can do with daylight savings as your coach, I'm going to give you some ideas um, of things to help you stay focused and because you're, it's dark out. And then, uh, you know, it's dark out when you get home from work, maybe, and you may need to have one light that you ride your horse under. But I'm going to talk about what you can do inside uh, once you get inside to still uh, feel like you're getting yourself, um, what do you call it, staying, staying where you need to be to be competitive uh, with the daylight savings. So we'll go ahead and discuss that as well today. And I have quite a few questions. But before I do all that, let me go over the reminders. Um, I want to always, I always try to open with a little story and I want to say that remember to know your path, whatever your path is, um, it should be something that brings you peace. I feel like God has a, a purpose and a passion for everybody. And most of you, it's horses and barrel racing that's in my group, but some of you, maybe it's mounted shooting or it's horsemanship, or it's just, uh, you know, spending time with your horse and wanting to to just, you know, learn as much as you can, whatever um, it is. But everybody does have a, a path that, that gives them peace and helps them know that this is my niche that I should be in. And for me, um, it was 25 years of being a competitor and a trainer, um, riding hundreds and hundreds of horses and competing on several of my own, uh, seven of my own plus um, client horses. For 25 years and then the last three years has been 100% uh, just coaching clinics and virtual coaching um, and no more training outside horses just riding my own since my hip surgery so everybody has what brings them peace for me I've never enjoyed the futurity world I thought it was a little too hard on the young ones pushing them at three and four I like five-year-old futurities better I never liked the rodeo world too much because it's too many miles up and down the road and it's hard on the horses plus the ground conditions are not so great um i don't like horse sales uh, i always feel like if they're both my clients for 
lessons or training or coaching. I don't want them disappointed. And it seems like somebody might always be disappointed. The seller, if the buyer doesn't buy, the buyer, if they buy and something's not what they thought it was going to be. I just don't like sales. I can't even sell my own horses. I, I just don't like it. So I just found my niche and that's helping one horse and rider at a time be the best they can be, whether you're a youth rider, a beginner, an advanced, a WPRA pro rider, super show rider. But everybody has their niche. And I think that when you stay in your lane, you will find yourself happier. <clears throat> stay away from negativeness. If people bring you stories and gossip, don't even entertain it because most of the time it's lies or stretched out beyond what it originally was and misinterpreted, etc. So I find just staying in your lane and staying away from gossip and negativity will give you a lot happier life and you're going to feel better about yourself. Nobody feels good about themselves if they said something bad about someone else because maybe in six months you're going to be best friends again. So just keep that in mind, especially if like you have, you know how it is if you have a friend and they're fighting with their boyfriend or their husband and then you support them and then all of a sudden they're back in love and they'll remember bad things you said about them. So you're better off just to be supportive of people and listen. And, um, you know, and I had a situation happen this weekend um, where one of my clients was disappointed in another one of my um, people that I know, a friend, and I said, and she was just going to stop working with that person for services. And I said, you know, if it was me, you could do that. But if it was me, I would want you to at least try to tell me what happened that dis where I disappointed you. And then if I didn't meet your, you know, what you feel was a, a, a good apology and explanation and communication, then I understand why you would move on. But to just drop somebody and not even give them a chance to hear their side of the story, I don't think it's fair. Um, especially, you know, if you, you value that person at one time for advice or something like that. So, or if it was a dear friend or something, I do think you should at least try to discuss it with them rather than talk about it with all your friends and then just walk away. At least talk to, with that person would be the thing I would want if someone was upset with me. And so that was the advice I gave, um, it gave that, that friend. So, so keep those things in mind. So anyways, as far as reminders go, um, I'm doing about 40 to 50 video reviews a week right now. And um, some are side-by-sides, some are just individuals. So please, when you send me your video, tell me if you'd like a side-by-side. -side. Tell me if you want it private, meaning that I won't share it in the group for others to learn from or um, celebrate with you. And that's totally okay if you just want yours stored in the Coach Now or sent to you Facebook Messenger. Um, that's perfectly fine. You can enter them. You can load them on the Coach Now app if you're techie and you remember your password, or you can send them to me on Facebook Messenger. Um, email is okay, but sometimes they're hard to download, and text messages never download. So, so those would be the ways to do it. Um, and also, um, let me know the name of the arena, the horse you're on if you ride multiple horses, the winning time, your time, or at least how you placed. Um, so at least I know what I'm looking at. So some people give me lots of information, like, you know, there was 100 entered or 10 entered or whatever. And if you have any concerns, like your horse felt hot in the alleyway or, or felt like they cut you off or something, you know, or you can give me what you think went ha when happened in the run if you want to. And sometimes I see the same thing or I see it differently and I'll tell you accordingly. And that happens a lot where 
someone will tell me, hey, I saw, I think this happened. And then I see completely different that the problem didn't happen at second barrel. It happened the way that you left first barrel or something like that. So anyways, um, I just want to remind you guys, the reason I ask you to do that is because it helps me go easier through all the videos without having to keep messaging you back and forth for <coughs> more information. <coughs> and um, if you send multiple videos, tell me it's the same run with extra views. Um, and I can either do a side by side of them or I can pick the one I can see the best. And if you did a three day show and you know you're going to want a side by side, you might want to wait till the end of the show and let me do the side by side of the two that you want. Um, things like that. So I just wanted to make sure that was clear. And remember, original videos always are better than copies. Copies come out blurry when you send them to me, meaning if someone did it on their cell phone and then sent it to you and then you sent it to me. So you can always have them Facebook message the video to me as well. <coughs> it might be clearer. So sorry, my pumpkin coffee is kind of tickling my throat. That or I just fed the horses. And um, Rocky definitely knows when it's cold out. I can hear him on the monitor in the barn nickering for me to come out and feed. It's like, hello, it's cold out here. Some hay would be nice. So anyhow. All right, so I think that's all I want to say on that. I did load some videos into the group. Um, I did a couple on pole bending, and Ashley and Jewel were our demo models, and they ride beautifully. Ashley has gorgeous horsemanship, and Jewel has a really nice handle. She's in her teens. And um, so I had you do the pole bending tune-up for anticipation, for perfect circles, for nice in-poles, but it's also a good one for barrel horses as well. So I had her do a circle on, um, at each pole and then alternate. So you do a left, a right, a left, a right, a left, a right. You can do it two hands for your uh, when you're switching your figure eight or one hand in the circle. Or you can do it two hand, depending on what you want to work on. Um, if that's a little too advanced for you, be on the walk trot to do it at a lope because your lead departures have to be quick. You have to be able to go from a controlled lope to a quick trot to a changing your lead to, you know, from a right lead to a trot to a left lead to a trot to a right lead. So you have to have a lot of control. If you don't have that much control, then I would suggest starting with loping down the pole line on your left lead and then doing every single pole left and then stopping and then roll back and then lope down on your right lead and do every single pole right. And I will send a video of that in the group later as well. Um, a couple of new videos I'm gonna load. Uh, this week is going to be inline barrels and uh, for pole drill. I have a pole drill that for maybe if you aren't as advanced on the six poles, you could do four poles and work double circles at the end poles, especially if you have trouble keeping your spots one, two, and three. Uh, if you have a horse that really wants to roll back or maybe not finish a pole turn, this would be good for you. And then it would also be good for the weaving. On the weaving, I would ask that you get a lot more shoulder and nose control than you'd want um, in your two tracking or leg laterals in the poles. It looks more like in competition, like an X, but when you do it in your suppling work, you make it look a little more like an S and you have more nose and shoulder than you would ask for in competition. The hands are still light and in the middle of their neck. When you compete, they're more in the middle of the neck and even, and you're mainly using your eyes, hips, and legs. So those will still be your main cues. You're just going to ask for a little bit more bend than you would uh, in competition. So those are all going to be loaded into the group as well this day. Mm -hmm. And I have a bunch of videos I'm going to be working on as well. 
And finally, um, the challenges, remember for the skill, I've only had four people send in the D challenge. Um, you're supposed to videotape yourself doing the D pattern, send it to me for some advice, see if you're doing it um, correctly or you know training at home like you should be. And I enter you then a drawing for emotional therapy essential oils. Those oils are worth about $25 to $30 each. They're roll-ons and um, they're really nice. You can put them on yourself, your horse. You can breathe them in, put them on your wrist or your horse's coronary bands. And uh, <clears throat> they're just a really nice oils. I always use essential oils when I train and compete in my clinics. I love balance, uh, peace, passion, cheer, um, motivate. Uh, there's a lot of really good ones there. So, um, and there's also ones for heartbreak, like forgive and, and all of that too. So, um, let's see here. The mindset challenge is to uh, do have a Bible verse that you say every morning that you wake up or start with something you're thankful for every day that you wake up because it is November and Thanksgiving. So either one of those is fine. Um, my Bible verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. So I say that every morning when I wake up and give thanks and, and pray to God to guide me in all the things that I'm um, doing that day or that week. Uh, but I also give thanks, of course, but I do that every day year round. So, so anyways, there's always a lot to be thankful for. Um, the personal best drawing was done for October. The winner was Barbara in Memphis. And Barbara opted to get one of my dynamite products, the Dyna Hoof, and I gave her a $15 credit. So that was awesome. And let's see here. She already uses that product, so she got $15 off on it. So that worked out for her too. So again, new, the topic today is going to be new. Um, if you noticed last week in the group, I posted new members, where do you begin? And it's a podcast, about 18 or 20 minutes. And then I also posted new members first challenge. Now that podcast, I want every member to listen to because it's going to be your, your challenge for December to start getting your goals set for 2024. So I'll discuss that just a, a little bit in the topic today as well. And, um, Let's see if I have any other notes. I think that's everything. Um, I, did I, I welcome Lydia from Florida and rejoin uh, Angela from Florida. Oh, and I also have clinics the next two weekends. Um, so as you guys know, when I have a clinic on the weekend, um, it puts me a day later with videos. So you can send me your videos Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever you want, Monday. But uh, I start a list and it's whatever videos came in first is on the top of the list. So send them as soon as you do them because you'll be on the top of the list that way or as soon as you after you run or whatever. And with those details, I ask. But remember, uh, the day after the clinic, I review the clinic writers videos um, for them with notes to take home. Uh, the clinic this Saturday, no, excuse me, this Sunday is in Hudson. I better know what day or I'm going to show up on the wrong day in Hudson down in Tampa. And that clinic is full with one on the wait list. The clinic the following weekend is Lake City, the 18th, and it has uh, two spots open if anybody's interested. I know a lot of things going on on the 18th, so I really had trouble filling this clinic. I mean, there is a lot going on on the 18th. I will not plan another <laughs> clinic on November 18th again. So, um, but Hudson definitely um, is full this Sunday, and then Lake City is next Saturday. I still love the six riders. I only take eight at most of my clinics unless it's far, far away for me. And I, if I'm going to spend the night or do a two-day clinic, I will do 10 riders and just do the clinic an extra hour longer. 
Um, but the, um, but the clinic's within two hours from my house. I do only eight riders because I can spend more one-on-one -on -one time with them. So Lake City, I love the six riders that are coming. So even if we don't get eight, it's still going to be a wonderful day and we'll have more one-on-one -on -one and training time. So that's all right too. But um, I find when I take too many, you sit around and wait a lot. And I know a lot of people don't mind. They visit and they watch and they learn. But I just like the one-on-one -on -one time and I like you having more time doing things and learning things. So <clears throat> but clinics aren't like private lessons. You do have a lot of watching and learning, not just uh, like a private lesson you're doing the whole time. So, okay. So anyways, that's everything there. So let's get into the questions. Uh, this question comes up every time the weather gets cold. To blanket, um, should I blanket my horse sometimes, like when it's really wet or really cold, versus blanketing all the time? So, So here's how I look at it. I think that you, one, need to be consistent. Two, you need to know your horse. And um, by that, I mean, um, are they old? Do they need extra care? <laughs> or do they grow no hair? Um, and also, what do they like? You can pretty much ask them. You know, my horses, if they don't want their blankets, they walk away. If they want their blankets, they stand there while I put them on. Um, and if they walk away, I'll let them. I don't chase them. And then that next morning, they're going to be like, huh, that was a bad idea. And then that next night I offer, they stand there nicely. So again, you can make it their decision. So, um, but uh, a lot of you like to let your horses get fluffy. When I lived in Colorado, I don't think horses need to have blankets um, in Florida or, or the southern states like Alabama and Georgia and stuff, unless you just want to keep their hair shorter um, because you ride a lot and you don't want them getting really wooly and um, I'm not a big fan of shaving horses because I think you take away a horse's ability to um, control their own temperature. So I don't believe in shaving personally, but some people will shave and then you absolutely have to blanket and unblanket and do it because now your your horse's thermometer because they can't do it themselves. So in Colorado, you would see horses full of wooly standing up hair with their butt to the wind and snow all over them. And they'd stand down in a ravine or against some trees to get a windbreak, but they would be covered in a wet snow and they looked miserable, but they survived. Would I suggest doing that if you don't have to? No, uh, my horses didn't do that in Colorado. Um, we'd get blizzards and it'd get sub-zero. So my horses got put in the barn, a nice heavy blanket and all the doors shut. And it was still cold in there, but it wasn't as cold. It was like 30 degrees instead of zero. So um, that's what I did in Colorado. Now in Florida, I don't blanket until it's 40 degrees all the, you know, for several hours. So let's say it's, you know, going to be 50 most of the night and maybe only 45 or 40 something, 48, 49 for a couple hours. I don't bother to blanket because all my horses can handle that. They probably actually like it after summertime of hot and humid 90s and 70s. So so when it's close to like 70s and 50s, I don't blanket. But if we're getting 60s and 40s and it's a cold wind and uh, it's going to be 40s all night, they get blankets. But every one of my horses has a shelter, whether they can go in and out of the barn to their pasture, which is attached or their, their shelter, three-sided shelter, they can go in and out to their pasture. None of my horses get locked in or locked out ever without a shelter. My horses love to be able to um, 
get out of the rain. For instance, this weekend, I had a raining horse client friend down the street that asked me to barn sit for, and it started to be a cool uh, mist rain, and she shaves part of that mini, and she had a fly sheet on it, and I was worried it was going to get wet, so I went early, and it was under its little lean-to they had for it in the pasture, and I brought it in the barn. I took its wet sheet off so that what it did have for fluffy hair could dry itself out because it wasn't cold in the barn. But I thought with a wet sheet and half shaved body, it was only shaved in the chest and the neck, um, it would get chilled. So, and then of course the paint horse was stuck in the rain. He had no shelter. So I put them both in the barn and they were very happy about it because the paint's old and the mini <laughs> is half shaved. So, so remember if you have situations of old horses or shaved horses, you do need to do more. But as far as if your horse is already wooly and you leave them out most of the time, what I would probably do instead of blanketing, I would just bring them in to a shelter if it was really wretched weather. Or if it was really wretched weather, like 30s and 20s, which is cold for southern states, I would definitely um, then blanket and pull them into where they're out of the weather. Unless you have waterproof heavy-duty blankets. But I do agree that their hair... Um, with a, if you just put a waterproof sheet on, their hair is going to mat down and then they're not going to be able to therm, you know, control their therm, thermostat as much as when their hair stands up. Now, Rocky and Maggie, they don't grow any hair, so they get blankets a lot. Now, Belle and Briscoe, they grow a lot, but Belle's 26, so she gets a blanket no matter what in the 40s. So, 40s or lower. So, that's something you can consider too. And... um. And that's something that uh, I guess that's enough on blanketing, but that's my opinion on it. I would not just put a waterproof sheet on them if it was misty. Um, I just give them access to a shelter. But if, if I do use blankets for outdoor horses, they're waterproof and they're thick lining. So they'll be warm and dry. Okay, so next question is about a horse that breaks pattern or bucks in the alleyway. And this is a youth rider's horse. So number one, I would rule out pain. Why is it bucking? Why is it breaking pattern? Is it saddle fit? Does it have a sore back, sore hocks? Um, if you rule out pain and, you know, it's not a pain issue um, with a veterinarian, uh, then I would look at getting that child weekly lessons. I think kids benefit from weekly lessons. Um, I would also have an adult get on and tune that horse up and see what's going on there. I would probably not enter for a while and I would just do slow work, meaning walk and trot, not loping the barrels, doing everything correct. Um, I also think number three, the kid, the horse can get kiditis, meaning that kids tend to pull and kick and, and like to go fast. And the horse and the rider both need the slow work and need to um, get respect going as well, which means the kid needs to learn how to train properly. Because every time you're on your horse, whether you're a youth or an adult, a beginner or advanced, you are training your horse. Good or bad, right or wrong, you are training that horse. So that's why I think if you're a novice horse, I mean, novice rider or a novice horse or a beginner um, or a youth, weekly lessons are very important for you that your horse doesn't learn bad habits. And just competing without a solid foundation is only going to lead to some really bad habits. So I would definitely not keep that going. Next question, um, how do you calm down a stressed or hyper horse at an event? Um, first of all, pay attention to you. Check your breathing. 
uh, check that you've softened your body, everything from your, your hands, your shoulders, your ribs, your hips, your legs, your feet. Uh, make sure that your movement is slow. Slow everything down. Um, be very relaxed, the way that you talk, the way that you move. And then if your horse is not wanting to stand, you can A, face flex them for a calm down cue, meaning uh, slide your left hand down the rein, ask them to bring their nose to your foot while standing, and then slide your hand down the right rein and just do lateral face flexing as a calm down cue. Or you can walk small circles and do some lateral bend. Um, and I mean small, like five foot circles. Um, and just try to really exhale a lot as you're flexing them or as you're walking that circle and just really be relaxed yourself. Um, I find that hyper and loud people can make horses a little more upset where if you're earthy and quiet and calm, horses will be that way as well. Um, so if you're ever like with the equine dentist or your chiropractor and you're like all this energy and talking and they're like, shh, be quiet, shh, be quiet. It's because your energy is giving that horse's energy while they're trying to do something that they need the horse to be calm and quiet. So just pay attention to that. I believe in Chinese elements. If you search in the search group under Chinese elements, you will see there's a questionnaire about your horse and uh, answer the questions and you will learn if your horse is fire, wood, metal, wire, water, or earth. I do think everybody, horses and people included, have a little bit of each element, but I do think you have one or two that are more dominant. And um, I think knowing what your dominant element is in your horses helps you work better with them. And I have one of each. I have uh, I have a fire, a wood, a metal, a earth, and a water. My earth is passed on now, but and so has my main metal. But but um but yeah. So it is important to know. I think it helps you and understand your horse better. Um, understanding their types and their temperaments is what it's called. And you can search that in the group as well. Next question, when looking at a horse, um, oh, this was the question was, can I tell if a horse is a push horse, a light horse, a free runner, or um, a chargey type horse just by looking at them? And um, for me, sometimes I can, uh, might have to watch them move a little bit. But I can usually tell just by the equipment that a horse is ridden in. If a horse is in a side pull or an O-ring, I can guess that they're pretty laid back and light and pushed style. If they're in like a hackmore with a metal noseband or a combination with a wire noseband or a wire tie down or anything more severe, I know that this horse is either free running or really strong. And there's a reason they did that. Um, so I can tell a lot by that. Um, do I think they should stay in that kind of equipment all the time? No, I think they should train in one kind of equipment and compete in another because you don't want your horse getting dependent on heavy equipment because they can just learn to run through anything. So you definitely should go back to basics. Um, next question, hands, about hands. Um, I'm having trouble with crossing my withers so and getting my hands chest high. I do have a, uh, a long time ago, I made a youth rider rubber band her hands to her saddle, and that really helped that rider um, with uh, not getting her hands crossing the withers or lifting to the chest. So you could rubber band your hands. You Watch that video. It's in the members only page and also in the group. Um, and your, your hands, let me tell you about your hands. Your hands should stay in a six-inch box, horn high. They should have a go cue up in the middle of the neck, a neutral cue, 
a little bit further back, you know, up towards ears is more towards your go cue. In the middle of the neck is more your neutral cue. And then back by the saddle more is your rate cue. And at any of those three positions, you can also ask your horse to flex. So if you're in the go or the neutral, you would just um, bring your hand up an inch or up and back an inch or even twist your pinky under. Um, but if you need rate or collection as well, you would bring your hands back closer to the saddle and also bring your hands back and up an inch if you need collection and um, flexion. So hands are important. The four places you never want your hands is um, chest high, crossing the withers, pulling over way out over the barrel. It's okay to maybe go like six inches to the side and then back to your neutral position. Um, but you also don't want to pull down to your thigh either, unless you use quick. And I mean, always use quick give and take. So if your hand does get out of position, just release it right back and get back into the, like a rubber band attached to your wrist, quickly get back into your six inch box in front of your saddle horn. <clears throat> Okay, so let's see what my next question is. I think that's all my questions, and I apologize for the background noise. <coughs> Woodrow is playing with a squeak toy, so I'm going to let him out of this area and let him go somewhere else. So I bet he won't want to go outside for long because it is cold. All right, little man, <coughs> be free. So <laughs> welcome to my world with puppies. All right. So um, in the uh, new member, I mean, in the topic for today, um, there's two things I want to discuss. Let me get a drink here real quick. Did I tell you I like my pumpkin coffee? It's, it's tasty and it makes me feel like it's Chris holidays. Oh, speaking of holidays, with the daylight savings, I hope everyone had a great Halloween. But now we're in Thanksgiving. A lot of you decorate for fall get you in the mood and some of you are already decorating for Christmas because you just love the holidays and whatever you your thing is that's great um do do whatever makes you happy but with daylight savings people can get frustrated because there's not enough time outside <clears throat> so my first recommendation would be when you're driving home from work get a snack and a drink for the ride home you know and that way you're ready to go as soon as you get to the barn saddle up and ride as quickly as you can even if you have just one light under part of a, a round pin or an arena or a pasture area where you can at least exercise your horse um, because you should have at least three rides a week so that you'll be ready to compete on the weekend. So that would be my suggestion there. And then come inside and maybe you uh, prefer to eat dinner, a light dinner. Maybe what I would suggest is a light workout too, especially if you have a desk job, um, maybe do a 20 or 30 minute Pilates routine and you can do that, you know, just uh, go to YouTube and look up Pilates or yoga and do a 30 minute workout like that. That's good for your strength and core, uh, which is really good for riding. Pilates is great for riding your core strength. Um, you know, or you could, if you have a treadmill, you could walk or you could just do jumping jack stretches, you know, anything you used to do in PE as a kid, um, as a little workout that'll keep you feeling good and keep you fit for a competition. The other thing is, instead of just watching TV or eating or whatever, um, you can go ahead and uh, listen to podcasts, wa uh, read some books, you know, watch some training videos, go through the members only and watch all those videos you haven't had time for. Um, nighttime is a great time for that kind of stuff. And, you know, spend an hour a day doing something constructive like that when you come inside. So, you know, that way you're always learning. Um, so that would be something I would recommend. And, um, 
So anyways, like I mentioned in the podcast, uh, in the group, I put in two videos, one on, um, one on getting to where you, um, know how to use the member as a new member. So listen to it if you don't, if you, maybe you're a member for a while and you're not really sure. But the other one was, um, your first, uh, your first challenge. And as a new member, definitely do this, but also, all members do this for 2024, so I'm not going to go as in detail as it was, but basically it's going to cover having a journal, which you can use mine, you get on Amazon, or you can just use your own, um, and also keeping your horse records, logging your barrel races, um, let's see here, it talks about uh, setting your goals and your pre-run routine, and um, all of those things, Um I'm almost done here. I'm trying, trying to keep the puppy at bay. Let's see here. Um, so, yes. So, writing things down definitely gets it deeper in your brain. So, you'll see it. You'll write it. You'll think about it. So, just, again, remember being positive. Um, whatever you tell your brain, what you think, what you say, keep it as positive as possible because um, your brain's going to try to match it. So, don't fill it with bad things. Try to fill it with positive things. You know, like if you're trying to get in shape, you know, I feel fitter. I'm feeling stronger. Um, I talked about a one minute positive sprint in that um, in that podcast. So be sure to listen to it and write down your own positive sprint um, as far as, you know, me and my horse are a better team. And, you know, we pr we're practicing and we're, I'm starting to feel a shift that we're, you know, getting things together and uh, all of that stuff. So. The other thing is to ride like you're at home or at practice. Try not to change it at a barrel race. A lot of people get in their head. I had several members tell me they got in their head and didn't run as well. And it's usually when it's up for a buckle or a saddle or the last point show of the year or at a super show. Um, and you just get in your head. And, and when you think too much about, like, let's say you're focused on your arc too much. But you're not seeing your whole run in your head. And you're not just being smooth and in the moment. That's why it's better just to think, ride to my spots, be in the moment, and let your muscle memory take over, that you trust your training and your preparation. So it is important that we don't get too fired up. I told one of my students last night in a lesson, I remembered in Colorado, uh, all, I had the, the buck, I'm sorry, I had the saddle sewn up. All I had to have was a clean run, and it was mine. But I got myself all... Um, all excited about oh it just has to be a clean run it has to be a clean run and I like almost I guess in my subconscious I kept seeing myself getting too close to barrels so I wanted to really drive and I ended up hitting a barrel I hadn't hit a barrel all season so I ended up second place and only getting the buckle and not the saddle so that was a lesson I learned in the 90s and I tried since then to treat every run as just one run at a time. It didn't matter what it was, just ride my horse the same and that would be enough, you know. That that's good enough. That's what my horse expects. That's what I should give my horse and and um and how, you know, that's that thing of not worrying about things you can't control and just focus on things you can control. I couldn't control um what, what I won for the year end, but I could have controlled just riding my horse the same way I rode my horse for every run. But what did I do? I added carrying a whip and not only one whip, I had a whip on each hand. I was going to whip between each barrel. <laughs> Why would you add something new? You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's just a silly thing to do. So that's why I try to say, just be consistent, ride your horse the same as you would 
for every run that got you there, not, not changed because it's, you know, the last run or, or a bigger event or whatever. So keep that in mind. And, um, Anyways, I think I'll close there. I would love you guys to listen to that podcast, though. Um, I think you really have to know your horse and know you. And um, and I think all of that's discussed in that podcast. And, um, you know, it's about a 20-minute podcast. So go ahead and listen to that on your own. And, um, and I'm going to go ahead and close here with my Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, ride with heart and God bless.